Mac from the Sarah Mac Band, and you're listening to WMNF Tampa. The opinions presented on the Healthy Steps show are the evidence-based opinions of Dr. Fred Harvey, the callers, and his guests. These are not the opinions of the staff, the volunteers, or the board of WMNF. The information provided on the show is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. There is no implied patient-physician relationship in these calls. The nature of the calls is educational and informational only. Great day in the morning to you. Yes, you, my beloved and esteemed listener. It is so good to be back in the studio with you and Dr. Harvey here on the Healthy Steps radio show on WMNF Tampa, the only community radio station that they stream in Happiness, Arizona. And you can stream us as well at WMNF.org. Why, look at you. You look like you are ready to participate and Ask Me Anything Monday. You're pretty darn excited, aren't you? Well, Dr. Fred has more answers than Carter has liver pills, but he's not about to spew them out willy-nilly. It's incumbent upon you to ask the question that has been vexing you. So here's the gig. If you have any medical questions or concerns, please give us a call at 813-239-9663. Irene would love to put you in the queue. You can also send your emails to dj at wmnf.org or text us at 813 813- Four three three zero eight eight five. Well, Dr. Harvey, I've sucked enough air out of this show already, so let's cut to the chase. Today is Ask Me Anything, and by Ask Me Anything, I mean Ask You Anything. And your listeners are always fantastic about doing just that. So, take it away, Dr. Fred. Well, thank you again, Bill, and happy Monday. And likewise. Uh, I think... Um, yeah, there's, uh, you know, uh, for in order for me to answer the questions, I think you've all realized I ask a lot of questions. And so do a lot of people. You know, there's been a lot of questions that have come up in the last couple of years. Um, medical science is 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 acting kind of weird. Um, you know, one of the tenets of science is that it's not uh, a carved in stone, so to speak. Science's gift to our thinking to our reality is that it constantly challenges the answers. It constantly looks for new information. And there are some things that have happened over the course of the past few years that really make me wonder why it is that scientists, doctors are being told, don't question. Don't question the narrative. Even when there is science that would point to the narrative being potentially incorrect. I started my day today reading, well, after my meditation and a walk, um, I started my day looking at uh, uh, an article, or actually an open letter that an academic had written. And I'd like to read it, actually. I obtained my PhD from one of the best universities in the world, but eventually lost my position there for questioning how the COVID PCR protocol publication managed to pass the peer review process in, get this, less than one day. For all these very busy scientists to take time out of their busy schedules and review a very detailed, highly, highly dense, data-dense article and come up with a uh, pass on the peer review in a day it seems disingenuous. 
Um, he says, to phrase it differently, this scenario is like your 90-year-old grandmother challenging Usain Bolt to a 100-meter race and beating him by several seconds. The likelihood of this occurring is zero. Imagine that all sports experts would mock you if you contested that result, even though the facts are clear. This same scenario played out across all global quotes, elite universities, end quotes. Despite the availability of facts and data, no institution dared to analyze the data and draw conclusions that diverged from the political mainstream. The paramount question is why did not a single elite university dare to remark that these COVID vaccines are gene therapies? We do have evidence that there was plasmid DNA in the shots. These gene therapy vaccines, think about it, RNA is a gene uh, uh, uh uh, interpreting and gene instructing device. But these gene therapies uh, vaccines contain bacterial DNA contamination, which has led to cancer and other gene therapy trials. Not in this one as yet. These gene therapies do not prevent infection. These gene therapies do not halt the spread. These gene therapies have not been shown to have really any significant clinical benefit, except potentially for those in risk groups where it seems to decrease the intensity. These gene therapies have caused the most confirmed direct deaths in the history of any medical product. These gene therapies do cause serious adverse events at the rate of at least one in 800 are based on a sequence that was never validated. These gene therapies are solely a reaction to the PCR test pandemic fraud of 2020. These gene therapies contain highly inflammatory liposomal nanoparticles. Here's the nanoparticle problem, not nanobots, but these tiny lipid things that were never used previously. And we don't know what inflammatory things they actually cause, but we do know that uh, uh, lipid nanoparticles uh, do induce um, inflammation. And, and so uh, these gene therapies did not actually stop excess mortality because look, we had 80% of the people in America shot up, but we had the most deaths. Think about that. So what are the, so that here's the question. So what are these elite universities actually good for? Indoctrination? I mean, I'm really wondering about cancel culture here, um, and, and, I, and I'm really a, more of a libertarian than anything because I just want people to stay out of my social life. But creating modern slaves burdened with tens of thousands of uh, tuition fees, is that really what the university about? The guy's asking a good question, especially when it comes down to another uh, issue that I just came across. Um, uh, um, Dr. Prasad, uh, I think it's uh, – um, let me get his name right because I don't want to ruin it um, – it is Vinay, V-I-N-A-Y, Prasad, P-R-A-S-A-D. He's a very, very brilliant researcher. He has lots of brilliant things to say. He was going to give a keynote address. Um, he's a hematologist oncologist at the University of San Francisco. Absolutely brilliant researcher, publishes constantly. Um, he was going to give a, um, a talk um, that was um, called, let's see, um, he was going to give a talk about how um, we need to actually look at the way science is utilized and actually uh, reassess how uh, the science can be utilized and and actually reevaluated and requestioned. Well, um, there are a bunch of uh, cancel culture people, uh, uh, pharmacists attending this. Remember, pharmacists, a lot of pharmacists actually reviewed, refused to fill ivermectin prescriptions, even though that's not their job. Uh, to refuse. Um, they refuse to fill ivermectin and, and cast countless lives because of it. And so the American College of Clinical Pharmacy disinvited a keynote speaker because he challenges them. He says, we need rigorous approaches to, to evidence-based decision-making uh, 
um, while challenging some tenants not supported by sufficient data. And that's really what's going on here. Um, so uh, these questions are really important and um, we need to talk about them publicly. And, and having doctors that want to talk science publicly and debate it being shut down because they're disseminating disinformation is, it sounds to me a lot like fascism, a lot like maybe Hitler's crew was involved, you know, uh, Goebbels uh, uh, um, twisting, uh, uh, Joseph Goebbels twisting things with propaganda. There's a, there's a problem here because science actually doesn't have every answer correct the first time. And so we need to pay attention. And I'm really happy that my healthy steppers are out there paying attention because I have people on the line and emails coming in. So let's just talk about healthy steps on 88.5, Tampa's favorite radio station. Absolutely. We got some early starters here, George and Louise. But I'm also going to take a second here and give on out the number again. Y'all are listening to the Healthy Steps radio show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. And give us a call at 813-239-9663. As I keep telling you all, Irene is just waiting for your call. And continue sending the emails to dj at wmnf.org. Good morning, George. How are you today? Hey, George, what do you have for me? Hello? Hi, George. Oh, go. I'm on. I'm on. Hey, guys. Hey, um, I got started on that uh, low histamine diet. And, yes. Um, yeah, because my stomach hurts so bad and everything, and my stomach is great now. Boy, my refrigerator was full of everything on the do not eat list. Unbelievable. I mean, yes, many people's are. <laughs> un un I, I was, it was uncanny. It was like uh, I did it on purpose. It was bizarre. Um, so I have a question about, I think I saw legumes on the do not eat list and the eat list. What is that? So I think they were, they were talking about canned legumes, maybe. They were not good. Right. Canned food tends to be more risky. Um, but, uh, you know, beans are an interesting food. Um, and they do have other things in there that irritate like lectins and phytates. And so um, what my, my rule of thumb is um, to eat the beans that don't bother you. Like I, I don't eat pinto beans very often at all because they make me really gassy and bloaty and so do kidney beans. Um, so black beans and lentils and garbanzo beans and big butter beans don't bother me at all. So I eat those beans. Okay. Uh, how about uh, monk sweetener. Yeah, that's a good thing because it um, actually does not interfere with your microbiome as far as we've seen. And it is a natural uh, sweetener. You just want to keep it to a minimum because the more you use these fake sweeteners, you're more, the more your body triggers to think that it's actually getting sugar. Okay. Is that, is that considered a fake sweetener? No, 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 no. Any, anything, any sweetener at all, um, anything that, that leaves your mouth with sweet does something psychologically to you to trigger some things. So the more you use them, the more you use of them, the more you're going to trigger that kind of um, uh, neurologic triggering rather than actually doing something biochemical to you. They're really not bad biochemically from what we can understand. But um, again, um, 
tricking the body with a with a non-nutritive sweetener is still going to change things, but not nearly as badly as doing an artificial sweetener like sucralose or aspartame or its its wicked yeah. stepsister that pretends yeah. not to be aspartame. It's called acesulfame, same nastiness. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously saccharin and, and that stuff, you don't want it. You know, you know what, you know what, I, what I've just been reminded of is what a good sweetener is: coconut water. I've been drinking a case of it. Oh my gosh, it's wonderful. Coconut water is naturally sweet, correct? Yeah, good stuff. All right, I'll check yes. back with you in a little. I'll check back with you in a few weeks and tell you how I'm feeling. Thanks a lot. Bro. All right, George. Glad you're feeling better, man. Yeah. Bye. Yeah, and I do like it when people do check in back with us and let us know how things are progressing. Um, we've got Louise here. Let's see how she's doing. Good morning, Louise. How are things in Sarasota? Hey, good morning, everyone. Hi. Um, and it's Ask Anything Monday. I'm curious about the new mushroom craze. I've stopped drinking coffee and started to drink a combination of six different mushrooms. There's several brands out there. I'm wondering if the good doctor knows of any real research that shows that this is beneficial or might there be? Um, actually, uh, yes. Um, there is good research that shows that um, these actually um, are, are very beneficial. Um, uh, individual mushrooms have different properties. The blends, they're going to blend all those properties. Um, there are different phytochemicals in mushrooms, things like um, beta-glucan. Beta-glucan is a, um, a, a, protein, a protein carbohydrate mix that triggers the body's immune system to stand up and pay attention. Um, there's other ones that help modulate it down. Some help with brain health, like lion's mane helps with clarity. Um, so, yeah, there is good research. Uh, Paul Stamets, S-T-A-M-E-T-S, brilliant researcher. He is the fun guy, <laughs> and he will actually uh, give you an amazing education. You can find his stuff on places like Netflix and Gaia, um, YouTube. Uh, he is the mushroom man, and he has the data. You, you really need to get into it because they're very good. Great. Now, I've actually just... Um Empirically, I've been using it for about two months now, and and I do feel better. I feel like I have more energy, and I'm just wondering if if the shoe is going to drop. If there are any noted side effects that people like me should be aware of. I'd like to train everybody to stop using that word side effects. Remember, side effect okay. is created by pharmacy companies to get people to take poisons they don't need. Um, it's an adverse concurrent consequence for all those pharmaceuticals. Remember, adverse consequence is what we're concerned about. Why well, call them side effects? They're bad. <laughs> so they're actually not even side. They're actually part of the whole process because when you ingest a chemical, it has a lot of different um, properties within the uh, uh, um, process. So it's like you need to um, uh, uh, put it in context. So somebody somebody has a mold toxicity problem might not want to eat a lot of mushrooms because they might have also an immune response to the mushrooms. There's, a, there's an issue. So if you have responsiveness, fung, you know, uh, 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 immune uh, allergy type responsiveness to a fungus, you don't want to eat the mold. You don't want to eat, you don't want to be around yeast. You don't want to feed it with sugar. But, but there's the other issue of mycotoxicity. Mycotoxins are the chemicals in there that are actually poisons and, and actually create great havoc in the body. And the nutritive mushrooms do not create those chemicals. 
So you're not going to worry about mycotoxicity with mushrooms. You're going to get good health benefits, but you could actually, if you have allergy, then you could react. And you'll know that because if you eat the mushrooms, you're going to get itchy. You're going to get hives. You're going to have trouble breathing. It happens to almost no one because these right. mushrooms don't react the same way that aspergillus and um, candida do in your body. Thank you. That's great information. I'm not itchy. It's all good. I'm going to keep doing my mushrooms, and I appreciate you guys. Glad to help. Have a great day. And you. And enjoy those mushrooms, all varieties. And remember, mushroom is just an additive. Uh, mushrooms have uh, sulfur in them, and sulfur is necessary for detox. So mushrooms are actually a good detox food. Okie dokie. Well, the boards have gone as dark as uh, long winter nights, so I'm going to give on out the phone number again. It's 813-239-9663. Irene's waiting to take your call. She's an actual angel, so you'll enjoy just talking to her. And you can continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. Back to you there, doctor. Well, to drum up a little bit more talk, I'm going to mention that I found all these great articles uh, this week. And by the way, sorry about the, uh, if you're hearing the, the blower outside, I don't have very good insulation on the window here. Um, the um, uh, interesting thing that I found about exercise is that... Um, the oh lord it's right outside the door sorry um minimal exercise helps it doesn't you don't need to go running for three hours you don't need to run a marathon but um you can do really short and slow exercise so my morning 30 minute walk i love getting out in the morning it's so beneficial to your psyche to get out in the morning. It changes the way your body deals with melatonin. Um, it changes your um, um, mood because it helps to lift up dopamine, adrenaline. Um, the circulation gets your brain alive and working again. Have a big glass of water, preferably with a pinch of baking soda in it to get a little alkaline water before you run out the door. But first thing in the morning, go for a walk and it doesn't have to be strenuous. Um, in fact, you can reduce um, all cause and cardiovascular death by even running five to 10 minutes a day at really slow uh, speeds, uh, less than six miles an hour. Um, and so um, really um, uh, it, it's highly beneficial. And um, you have um, uh, these things that happen when, when you exercise, um, they call them exerkines. Um, and this is really interesting. You develop a group of uh, uh, chemical factors. They're, they're exercise-associated signaling molecules um, called myokines in skeletal muscle, cardiokines in the heart muscle, hepatokines in the liver, um, adipokines, adipokines in white fat tissue, baptokines in brown adipose tissue, and neurokines in your brain and nervous tissue. So you actually turn your whole body on, telling it to wake up and be better simply by exercising a little. And it can turn back cardiovascular disease, diabetes, depression, obesity, and help with healthy aging. It's, it's just brilliant. And um, um, uh, one other little aside is that um, uh, when they looked at, I think it was 5 million people, um, they found that um, just low level, like 20 minutes a day, um, actually turns back depression. And I think we have some people on the line to talk about. 
We do. We've got Celia, but I'm not going to be satisfied with just her. I want to fill that board and let people know you are listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show here on WMNF Tampa. Continue giving us a call at 813-239-9663 and continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. Good morning, Cecilia. Yeah. Hi. Am I on? You are. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what. I totally agree with you about the walking. I had a problem with depression for a long time in my 30s, and going for a walk every morning was essential for me to just exist. But that's not actually why I called. Um, The reason I called is that uh, I'm an old lady now, and I have this slight tremor in one hand where it trembles with, you know, involuntarily. Yes. Well, it comes and goes, and I haven't managed to do it in front of a doctor yet, but I was just wondering if you could talk about that and just in general, because I don't really want to get information off the internet. Yeah. Sometimes it's difficult to actually sort through it. There's so much of it. And uh, still, uh, trem- tremor is a not uncommon problem. And it can be really scary because people think of Parkinson's, I think, immediately. Um, but there's another benign condition that's very common. It's called essential tremor, familial tremor. And often it will be recognized because somebody else in the family has it. You know, Aunt Jane's head giggles the whole time she's sitting at dinner. Do you have anybody like that in your family, Celia? Um, I don't know. My mom was an only child and uh-huh. uh, only child, so I don't really and, know. And, and mom doesn't have a tremor? No. Yeah. Okay. So um, some things to think about. Uh, Parkinson's also runs in families. And some of the differences... The differences between uh, essential tremor and Parkinson's, um, when you're at rest, the Parkinson's tremor in the hand is called pill rolling. The hand at rest just continues to have this thumb and forefinger movement that just keeps going, going, going. And it usually stops when you go to pick up a cup or to pick up your pen to write. But essential tremor is the opposite. You are actually usually fairly calm at rest in your hands. Um, your head might jiggle, but when you go to reach for your pen or try to hold a coffee cup, that's when essential tremor tends to pick up. Yeah, that's what I have then, because it's a pain in the neck at buffets. Yes. So you just described essential tremor. You, that's, that hits the, you're trying to get that spoonful of stuff from the buffet tray and onto your plate. And it happens to go into the next, uh, uh, pan with something else in it and onto the side of the thing, right? Exactly. And you can't with one hand. Yeah, yes, exactly. So um, there is help for it. Okay. And, and, and varieties of different things. So it's, it's act, your, your adrenaline might be a little bit too high. So things that you can do to actually rebalance your autonomic nervous system. Um, So you could have too much adrenaline or too little acetylcholine. So the sympathetic tone, the active alert side is too high and the calming down side is too low. Uh, Vegas nerve exercises help to stimulate the calm down side, gargling, plunging your face into a bowl of uh, ice water. Uh, There's a bunch of different things, but you can Google up uh, Vegas exercises that may actually help to calm down. And there's another thing. Yeah, it really is. And then magnesium helps to calm tremors. And okay. another thing is to 
actually have a doctor look at you because there are medications that can help, but usually they're a little too much. So if you can try some natural stuff first, um, it can really help. Uh, but there is also a surgery that you, you want to avoid unless you're actually having functional difficulties where you can't write your checks anymore, things like that. Um, but it works and it actually immediately gets rid of the problem. But it's a it's an expensive surgery that's not covered by any insurance yet. It's like $20,000 and they use a uh, either a, a, a gamma knife, which is a x-ray tool, or they use ultrasound, highly focused ultrasound, and it, it, it burns out a tiny spot in your brain that makes the tremor happen. Huh. So it's not a reflex arc, right? It's happening in the brain. Correct. There's a, there's a focus in the brain that's overriding everything, but you might be able to calm it down by doing calming exercises, meditation, uh, vagus exercises, and maybe some magnesium. Okay, well, I do take magnesium, and I'll I'll look up Vegas exercise. I have to tell you, I had tried for an entire summer to learn how to meditate, and every single time I fell asleep. It didn't matter if I was uh, sitting up or laying down or what, I fell asleep. It sounds like you have sleep deprivation, and maybe that would help with calming this brain down, too. Okay, all right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your help, and I appreciate your show, too. Hey, Celia, I appreciate you, and, and so does WMNF. Drop something in the tip jar to keep this show going. Oh, yes, I'm a serial donor. So Beautiful. Thank you so much. Have a great You're day. Welcome. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you there, Celia. We appreciate your support. I've got uh, Bob and Jennifer beating on the door, so let's go to Bob in St. Pete. Good morning to you. Good morning. Um, Hi, Bob. I listen to the show, and I've got two questions for you. One, uh, and I'm a herbalist and an Bob, Bob, two, two questions. That's going to cost you extra. <laughs> <laughs> um, one, I, you know, I've heard you talk about low HCL, hydrochloric acid being an issue yes. sometimes. And I heard you just mention about having alkaline water in the morning. And that oftentimes uh, seems counterintuitive to that. And I'll throw the other one at you and then I'll listen. Um, and I, you recommend all kinds of great modalities and, and uh, self-care things that I think are phenomenal, uh, but I don't hear you mention acupuncture very often, and I wonder if there's a reason why. Oh, two great um, questions. Thank you. Um, that is a counterintuitive thought. I totally agree. Alkaline water if you have low HCL. But here's the converse. When you actually put some uh, bicarb in your belly, you trigger the stomach to make more acid so that by the time you get done with your walk, you actually are probably ready for breakfast and digestion. That was That's a, a theory. We've not watched it because it's pretty expensive to do um, stomach acid testing on a regular basis. But there have been some people that have done this with a probe that they leave in the stomach and they ha actually have seen changes like that. Um, and then um, acupuncture. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm a little neglectful, um, to be honest. Um, I'm, I really should mention it more often because I do like acupuncture. I think it's highly effective. Uh, I have used it. I do use it. Um, and uh, yeah, um, there are lots of great acupuncturists in Florida. Um, the uh, I wish they would get actually a doctor of acupuncture uh, uh, or doctor of oriental medicine um, uh, program in Florida. I don't know of one. Uh, there are some in California and Texas and other places, but the... Um, uh, the training uh, that I've seen uh, locally, like the, the Sarasota School, has done a really good job. And these people know exactly what they're doing um, with um, uh, this 
um, uh, modality. I really like it. So yeah, thanks for mentioning it. I'll uh, try to remember to mention it again more often. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Okie dokie. Let's go on off to Jennifer. Good morning to you, Jennifer. Good morning. Um, yeah, I just have a question about ear ringing. Um, I I know it's not from the ears. I had my ears checked and they're like 100% good hearing in both ears. And But I guess I hear too good. But it, I guess it's in the brain. And I've heard acupuncture is good for it. You just mentioned that. Um, but that's one thing I'm going to start to try. So I've not seen anything help ear ringing uh, in general as far as just treatments. Um, there are a lot of, of, of yeah, there's, there's stories about everything and nothing, and I've not seen any, any oral modality work. Here's a different thought on it. Um, my husband and I have developed ear ringing in association with our mold toxicity. Now that we're actually out of the moldy house for three months, the ear ringing is nearly gone. And actually, I've noticed that mine comes back if I have to go back to the house to do something. Um, even with my respirator mask on, um, I can still get a little increase, especially when I have to deal with stuff at the house because my clothes will then get contaminated. Um, and mm -hmm. so I'm actually considering that uh, ear ringing is actually a sign of toxicity. And I think oh. there's probably something in your system that's causing this ear ringing. And we do know from lots of medical history that medications cause ear ringing. Many people getting chemotherapy, antibiotic therapy, oh. and other things will actually start to get ringing in the ears. Aspirin itself causes ear ringing. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't take any drugs. I don't... Um... So where is your mold toxicity? I fell. Yes. Well, I don't know. You got it after you, know, you fell? I do some chelation. Yeah, I fell on my face and that's when it started. Oh, so there's another reason. You you may have actually displaced some of your um, middle ear bones. Um, but if your uh -huh. hearing is good, then this sounds to me like inflammation and toxicity. And I would okay. get to a doctor who understands uh, uh, dealing with inflammation and toxicity. And chelation okay. therapy does not treat mold toxins. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, okay. no. Uh, other binders and and things do. Um, Shilajit or um, um, what's it called? Humic fulvic acid um, and um, clays and charcoal and um, okay. fibers and medications like uh, Wellcall and Questran bind up uh, um, these uh, um, fat soluble toxins, but chelation takes out metals. Oh, just and, metal. Well, okay. And metal, and metal can cause this too. So mercury can right. be doing it or lead. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't know that I'm around a lot of mold and I've been like, I travel a lot. So it could be, but okay. All right. Well, I, you know, it's just, I was just trying to get, a, so you don't think acupuncture will help? I don't know. I just not, I've not seen a lot of things make it go away, but here's the thing. Um, mm -hmm. Something caused it. Do you know what caused it? I, I don't yet. And yeah. um, acupuncture will cover the symptoms, but it won't necessarily treat the cause. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, it's not not unbearable, but it's it's just there, and I'm just trying to stay in tip-top shape, you know. <laughs> yeah, but ner nerve damage from a toxin is not bearable. Mm -hmm. You you may yeah. think it's bearable, but <laughs> as your brain unravels, it's not very pleasant. Right. It's all in the brain, right? It's not really your ears. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I know I don't have any ear damage, so they, I'm sure it's the brain. So. Okay. All yeah, right, exactly. Well, thank you.
There's, an, there's another way you can test the toxicity. You can go online mm -hmm. and get a visual contrast sensitivity test, a VCS test. It actually looks at your visual perception rather than your visual acuity. Um, so if you have you know, your glasses on or if you have good eyesight to begin with, and then you have mm -hmm. a divergence on your VCS, that means you have brain toxicity. Oh, okay. So it's a visual contrast what, did you say? Sensitivity. Sensitivity test? Okay. Mm -hmm. You can find one online. I will check that out. Thank you again. You're welcome. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Okie doke. I've got um, Chris on the line and somebody checking on in right now. So I'm going to remind folks, of course, you are listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show on WMNF Tampa. And this is Ask Me Anything Monday. So give us a call. The questions are what's ever vexing you. In the meanwhile, you can also send emails to dj at wmnf.org. And let's go to Chris. Good morning, Chris. Hey, good morning. A couple hey there. Questions. Uh, just a couple quick questions, but uh, first a couple um, comments. Uh, regarding the PCR test uh, in your opening remarks, Doctor, uh, part of uh, Dr. Vadim Prasad's letter you read was, quote, no institution there to analyze the data, end quote. You're breaking on up on us, Chris. Can you oh. digest something? Is this any better? Yeah, a lot Much. better. Thank you. Okay, I unplugged my charger there. Uh, regarding the PC, I have a couple um, questions. First, a couple comments uh, really quick. Regarding the PCR test, uh, part of that, uh, your opening remarks of Dr. Vinay Prasad's letter you read was, quote, no institution dared to analyze the data, end quote. Right. And, and uh, like Dr. Peter McCullough points out, there's still no medical universities who have formulated a COVID protocol, as one would expect a multi-drug protocol to come from them. Curious. Um, and uh, like the COVID shots, both the PCR and antibody tests are under emergency use authorization. They have uh, unreliable aspects. I know the PCR is a lot less reliable. And, and uh, right. about that uh, in a documentary called House of Numbers uh, regarding HIV. Uh, so, you know, having learned that from uh, Robert Scott Bell's show, uh, you know, before PCR became a household name, when that was first announced as a mainstay test, uh, before the antibody test, I was, I was skeptical. And uh, where, where might I find that? Uh, the two questions I have, where might I find that letter from Dr. Vinay Prasad that you read? And are you concerned, Dr. Harvey, with losing your license or having your credentials challenged or even withdrawn ex post facto, as many doctors have questioned the official COVID narrative have? Well, actually, since I live in Florida, and Florida is my license, since we have um, Ron DeSantis and, and uh, uh, Latipo as, our, as, as the people defending practice of medicine here, I don't think I have a chance of losing it. <laughs> now, if I were practicing in New York or California, there's quite a good possibility. I'm glad I'm here um, for that reason alone. <laughs> oh, good point. <laughs> and where, um, where might I find that letter from Dr. Prasad? Um, I'm going to put, I'm going to post it to, um, the, the, uh, uh, um, a website later with a whole list of links for everything I was talking about, but just the news.com, uh, accountability slash cancel culture, but it's going to be up there. Uh, so look at just the news.com and it, the article is called Da Vinci or COVID idiot conference cancels iconoclastic doctor who questions COVID catechism. It's like, you know what happened when people actually questioned Catholic catechism? 
<laughs> Do you remember what the, what the Spanish Inquisition did to people? Those stakes with those big fires weren't very happy. It sounds like we're dealing with a similar issue here in medicine. How have they become the priests? How is it that they get to decide who dies? It's really weird. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Great points. I got more people on the line now. Thanks. Take care. You do. Yes, nobody expects the Inquisition. Let's go to Greg and then Barbara. Good morning, Greg. Hey there. Greg. Hey, Greg. Hey, there's Greg Tucker down in Tampa. Uh, I I just I had a comment and a question. Uh, the comment's going to cost you. The question I'll pay for. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I uh, so my comment to the caller about uh, meditation. So I I drive a lot for a living, and so. I was going to say there's nothing to it but to do it, and there's no wrong way to do it. So if you're there and you're present in the moment, like you're just sitting or you're sweeping the floor or you're cooking some chicken or whatever you're doing, you, you're meditating. You're just, if you're there and thinking about what you're doing and you're, you're letting yourself just be present in that time and space, then you're doing it. So don't, don't think that you're doing it the wrong way. You are so on point there. Um, being present is the key for meditation. Yep. On point. Yep. Love it. I got I got a lot of time to think about a lot of things. So uh, yes. anyway. Don't we all? <laughs> uh, uh, my, my question is, every time I'm down here in Florida, I don't know what it is, but my ears get that ringing too. And I have found out that, like, I, I come back and sometimes my ears just completely, like, clogged up. Like I'll take a shower, you know, when I when I, like if I if I get a chance to, and I'll come and like I'll get some water in my ear, and then I can't. Like I could end up going to the doctor and having them have to like flush out all this stuff. And I don't know if it's like extra pollen down here or or what. And I just don't know if it's like if it maybe it's like I'm not I'm not eating right or if like you know I don't have it as much at home, but I do have it every time I come down this way. So it is a lot of those things you've mentioned. Uh, could be we have so many things blooming. Um, a change in humidity can do that. Uh, using more air conditioning because of the heat can do that. And then we have mold, too, and that can trigger a lot of stuff. So, yeah, all those things can contribute. And, uh, uh, yeah, you know, if you have allergies to, you know, northern plants, you're not going to develop the allergies to the southern plants immediately. Same thing. Uh, vice versa. Um, but yeah, I think uh, anything you can do to step down the reactivity would be good. Quercetin is a Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N. Excellent thing to take to stabilize your uh, allergy cells. Quercetin. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Um, yeah, You're so I, I welcome. didn't know because I'm, I'm not allergic to nothing up, up north and then, you know, and everything and then I come down here and it's like, man, it just all gets... So... Yes. Well, right, uh, best wishes when you come back again. <laughs> yep. I'll, I'll, I call every time I'm in Tampa. All right. Wonderful. All righty. Thank you there, Greg. Drive safely when you're on the road. And let's go to Barbara in Tampa. Good morning, Barbara. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Hi. Fred? Doing great. How are you today? I'm good. I'm actually feeling good today. <laughs> I was wondering about peptides as opposed to like, EPC157 as opposed to CMAX. And I didn't know if you had a spin on that for neurological conditions. What's CMAX? It's invented in the 1970s by the Russians. 
and it's supposed to be a peptide that protects your, has neuroprotective effects on your brain and um, actually, I've never heard of it. CMAC? No, that's a new one to me. And I think that actually my functional medicine uh, colleagues would probably mention it if it was something that was real because they try to find things that work all the time. Well, yeah, I've read a lot about it online. I mean, it's, it's again, it's been created in Russia. Maybe that's why you don't know about it, but it sounds like it's really good. Um, but yeah. Um, hyperbole is really good. Marketing works well. Um if I could see some data rather than lots of testimonials about how fabulous it was for John or, or Jane. Um, yeah, I, I, I've not heard of it. I, I, there's a lot of talk about peptides today, but again, there's, um, you know, certain peptides are, are real things like vasoactive intestinal peptide. It, it's a, it's works with diarrhea, um, uh, 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 angio, uh, uh, not angiotensin, vasopressin, um, uh, controls diuresis, uh, you know, water loss in the kidneys. So there are peptides in, in, in health, in the body. I'm just not sure about some of these ones that were created 50 years ago that nobody knows about except for the internet that I've not seen science on as yet. Yeah, how about the BPC-157? That's kind of... Yeah, that's another one of those interesting uh, mishmashes of letters and numbers that has lots of information from Eastern Europe and Russia, but really I've not seen data. I've, I've heard testimonials out the wazoo, but you know, that's class D evidence. Let's, let's move it up to at least class B. Okay, I don't know. I saw a lot of it on the internet for pub.med too. So. Okay, that that's that's good. I just haven't seen a lot of, of things about those specific uh, items, and they may be there. I just I haven't seen uh, a lot of use of it, and I know that there's a lot of work on peptides. I just don't know which ones as yet, uh, because I find that if we stick with basics, we tend to get people better quickly. Basic peptides? No, basic uh, interventions like. Are you exercising outdoors 30 minutes every morning? Are you drinking uh, your half your body weight in clean water a day? Are you avoiding um, the dirty dozen when it comes to eating uh, vegetables? Are you uh, eating clean meat? Are you avoiding sugar? Do you avoid artificial colors, flavors, sweeteners? How's that for basics? That's great. Well, thank you for reiterating that. I'll have to put it get it back in my conscious mind. <laughs> that's where you need it. That's, that's the mindfulness. That's, that's meditation in action. Mindful activity is meditation in action. Meditation can take it to another level where you can actually experience a rich internal environment where you can actually relate to your feelings and thoughts in a different way once you calm down and let, let that play out in a long, longer meditation, like a 30 minute meditation can help you get into your, but into yourself and understand you, but the the presentism <laughs> by being mindful about every activity, including which vitamins you're taking, is a way of being meditative in your life. Greg is right on that, and it's so important to do that because that puts you in an anti-inflammatory state. Right, which I've done that for like the past few years. It's, it's kind of a, it's exhausting. You can only do it for so long, and then what the. Know, the, the what can you only do first? Staying on top of everything, on top of exercise, vitamins, supplements, um, meditation. It, it, it is easy to get distracted. And that's why um, getting into a routine, a regimen where you have a habit, that makes it easier. 
Yeah, yeah, because after a while, it becomes like a job. I, I know it's the right thing to do. You feel better. It's just after after years of, you know, of it, it just, it's just overwhelming sometimes. That's all. So it's, yes. it would be to know a little shortcut. <laughs> but <I know laughs> Fred, thank you. Thank you for your advice. You're so, so welcome. Hey. Well, and thank Bye-bye. you there, Barbara. We're getting down to about the last 10 minutes, and I like uh, my coffee dark, but I don't like to call board dark. So I'm going to give on out the number again. Give us a call at 813-239-9663. Irene's anxious to take your call. And you can continue sending your emails to dj at wmnf.org. And speaking of emails, what have you got for us, Dr.? Well, here's a here's a follow up on my opening. <clears throat> Jonathan from Valdosta, Georgia, disliked my opening. He had a libertarian brother who valued his freedom, took his ivermectin, sneered at masks and died of covid. He was 72, called us all sheep for social distancing and getting our shots. Four brothers are now three because of his choice to remain free. This is a terrible thing and I feel for your loss. You know, there was a lot of erroneous propaganda that was going on about that. And I would never recommend that anybody who's in a risk group not take the shot because honestly, the data does appear to show that people in risk groups had lowered severity and lowered mortality. So it's sad that he was actually bought in to the propaganda that was coming from the right wing lying about this issue. And <clears throat> there was there was the biggest problem I saw is that um, there were lies coming from both sides and it confused a lot of people. You know, the lies that came from the academia about ivermectin were lies. Ivermectin works. It reduces mortality 70% with a 91% confidence interval in the iTech trial. So that's pretty good. 91% confidence that it reduces mortality 70%, even though they gamed the study to fail. And then the study from Iran in 2020 that uh, uh, the former president quoted <clears throat> that hydroxychloroquine works, 70% reduced mortality, 4,500 plus patients. Again, they hid this and they lied about it. I can't change that. And it's too bad because those things worked. However, on the other hand, the shots actually really did reduced mortality. So the right wing was lying about that. I don't know why Fox News and all those weird alternative places were lying about it, but they were. What was the purpose? Was it to get people to die? Not sure. Um, masks, there's another question. Um, uh, sneering at masks is, for him, it did not change his life because he did not get protection or no one actually got protection from wearing a mask. The mask actually protects other people from your snotty effluvium. When you sneeze and cough your COVID, it catches in the mask. So if you have symptoms or you think you have COVID, you wear a mask, but it doesn't protect people who are wearing them from getting disease. And again, that was something that was very, very poorly handled by CDC and eventually, essentially everybody else. So ivermectin does work. And unfortunately, he probably took it too late, probably took it a wrong dose because he couldn't find a doctor to give it to him. He probably didn't have a good selection of uh, other things to help um, reduce like quercetin and other um, interventions that are well known now. And if he was in a risk group, he was 72. The shots helped people who were over 60. The shots helped people who had diabetes, high blood pressure, 
heart disease, obesity, cancer, immune problems. This is this is who they were helping. And so I feel badly that he didn't take a shot because he got um, delusionally told not to because the, the risk groups got benefit. So uh, I was wondering, do we have any callers? Yeah, we just got one on in and mere seconds ago, we got Coyote from Dunedin. Good morning to you, Coyote. Hello? Hello, Coyote. Hello? Hello? Hi there. This is Coyote Murph from Dunedin, Florida. I'm the Southern Shawnee Chief from the Southern Shawnee Tribe. We're back here buying our land back from the white man. Beautiful. <laughs> But I love your show. I love I love this. I love your station for one thing. I very seldom switch from eight eight point five. Every same here. I, I have to hit W uh, eight eight uh, WSF because I don't get the reception right. <laughs> I probably so, have to put an antenna on my radio. <laughs> that, that could work, or you could stream it. <laughs> yeah, well, I could stream it too if I could figure out how to use this smart technology. Oh, no. I don't have a two-year-old daughter running around here showing me how this stuff works. <laughs> <laughs> so how you doing today, Coyote? I'm doing great. What a beautiful day. Another beautiful day in paradise. Isn't it? I uh, survived a hurricane. I only got two inches of water in my house, and the tornado came through and knocked my uh, 100-foot palm tree. cut that in half, so now I got a really, I got a 50-foot stump. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I'm painting so my what you- drive a yellow. I'm having a yellow brick road by Halloween. It's beautiful. So what do you want to know today, Coyote? What's that? What's the question you have for me, sir? Oh, uh, I had a uh, a vampire family. They have a genetic condition. They can't come out of sunlight. The 50 year old said I would live to 120 if I quit smoking and only 110 if I don't quit smoking. (laughs) 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 My psychiatrist told me not to quit smoking because I might get depressed. Of course, he said, <laughs> so you can't win. It was my favorite psychiatrist, too. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I just want to say, so, I love the station, love, love the program, love your the doctor's on. Uh, hey, would you turn off your radio behind you? It's really making this oh, okay. uh, difficult to hear. He's here. He's <laughs> uh, about now. Much better. Yeah, I just have, so, to have a bird sanctuary. I started with a bee sanctuary. So do you have a question for me? Yeah, a question. The question is, uh, is global warming going to ease season? Should I sell my property now or before it becomes oceanfront property? <laughs> <laughs> I think you have a few years before it becomes oceanfront property. <laughs> but how about a health-related question? I got two inches of water in my house. <laughs> well, actually, how are you doing with the mold problem? If you had two inches of water in your house, then what are you doing with that? Well, I, I, I had my doors open. Uh, when I had my electricity back on, I started fans. Got it dried out real quick. The water came in and out pretty fast. That's good. So, and, uh, what health question do you have for me? Okay. Is vinegar better than using Clorox for uh, disinfecting? Um, well, Clorox is pretty dangerous. Um, um, even for like cleaning up the little bit of mildew around the grout in your uh, shower, you want to use um, uh, like uh, uh, 10% hydrogen peroxide, something like that, because the chlorine is bad. It's just bad for us, okay. for the environment. And um, yes, I would use vinegar to clean things up and try to avoid bleach uh, as much as possible. But you know, if you have whites yeah. and you need to use a little bit in your washer once in a while, then it's not yeah, hydrogen, terribly unreasonable. Hydrogen peroxide. I forgot about it. My yep. grandmother was a... Uh, 
a healer. A, a whole, their whole family is a COVID. Uh, they call them healers because they had a bad tendency of hanging witches in Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> many, many years ago. They hung for being witches in Pottsville, Pennsylvania, but they were union organizers. So they, they within the legal. Well, I'm sure they wanted to get rid of them. The the corporations don't like you, but anyway, Coyote, um, you're a very interesting that's fellow. But I'm going to go and take our. I'm going to go take the next call. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, uh, you're you're very interesting. It's been a great all over the place conversation. But I got to take the next caller. We okay, got one minute left. It's going to be a fast one. Have a blessed day. Bye bye. You too. <laughs> all right. Let's go to Ron. Good morning, Ron. I just had a quick question in regard to what you felt were uh, normal uh, cholesterol readings. Uh, my overall total is something like 240 or 235. The doctor wants to put me on statins. Uh, I worked in a pharmacy for many years. You about blast from the past, Canards Pharmacy in Sarasota. Oh, yeah. Uh, Good old Fred. And uh, we watched the cholesterol readings get lowered and lowered and lowered over the years as the statins came out. And I just wondered where you kind of stood on that. Well, I think that uh, you have to take it all into account. You need to get an advanced lipid panel or something similar, like the advanced lipid panel at Quest. Many other companies do it. You want to see your lipid Product, your, your profile, how many uh, particles there are, uh, how much LDL, how much HDL, but you want your HDL over 50, you want your LDL under 100, and I don't care then what your total cholesterol is, but those are really good parameters to follow. You also want to keep your um, total particle numbers down, um, but if your cholesterol is 240, I'd suggest you probably need to cut out some of the simple carbohydrates before you do anything else. Oh, okay. All right, great. Okay, appreciate it. Yep. Have a great day, Ron. This has been a really good show. Um, great appreciate show. Appreciate all the input. Yes. Um, and um, let's see. Uh, next week, we're working on an edited show because I will not be available and I'll be back in two. And we're not going to do interviews, I think, until next year. So it'll be Ask Me Anything through the rest of the, the year unless I come up with something otherwise interesting. Uh, we have some cool stuff coming for Christmas and New Year's because uh, there'll be nobody in the studio to answer calls. So we're going to do some tape shows then. All righty. Well, I'd like to thank you very much for a wonderful show today. And I always like AMAs, so I've got no regrets. Um, I want to thank Irene for taking the calls. She always adds a sweet spice to Monday mornings. And until next Monday, I'd like to thank everybody and thank our listeners and suggest take care, stay healthy. Y'all are the greatest. You've been listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa. Coming on up is five minutes of NPR news and then get ready for the Sustainable Living Show hosted by the Cracker Jack team of Kenny Coogan and Annie Ellis. So until next Monday at 10 a.m., thank you for supporting and listening to the Healthy Steps Radio Show with Dr. Fred Harvey here on WMNF Tampa, your community conscious radio station. Stay safe, stay thoughtful, and know that you are loved.